Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Non League Podcast with Matt Gerrard and myself, John Phipps. I'm back in the country now. So this week it's Matt who's speaking to us from a different place than usual. Yep, no office for him today. So let's cross over to the east wing of Chateau Gerrard now where my favourite football commentator is waiting for us. How are you, Matt? Yeah, I have been to the office today though, John. So I've got half day because I'm off to Wembley Stadium to watch Spurs v Borussia Dortmund. Half a day, catch up with a few mates and uh, you're looking forward to that. Gone from... uh, the National League to the Champions League, will I notice the difference? Well, I was going to say to you, actually, um, obviously tonight's entertainment is far removed from what you usually do, and I know you are a bit of a, a Dortmund fan. Do, do they play long ball, do they? Oh, it's professional, beautiful football, you see, that's what it is. Unfortunately, Royce, who is my favourite player for a while, he's out injured, but um, should be a good game. Only my third trip to Wembley, John. I've been to the Champions League final. Which Dortmund lost to Bayern Munich, which was a good day, apart from the result. Uh, Bromley losing to Brackley in the FA Trophy. And now uh, the third one. I always said I'd never go to Wembley. I can't turn down to get to the Champions League final. I said I'd never go again until they would get to Wembley. But then I thought I'd probably never go out of my house again if that was going to do that. So uh, I'm off there again. Looking forward to it. should be a good, good afternoon. Oh, Hopefully I get the last trade over. Otherwise, I have got major issues. But that's, that's, that's something for me to worry about. Surely, um, if Dover keep going as they are, mate, FA Vars in about five years' time. That's a bit harsh, mate. That is a bit harsh. But well, well, yes, could be the case. Could be the case. But um, uh, I'm a little bit optimi- more optimistic after last night, after I was about to throw myself off the river end on Saturday afternoon. But there you go. That's such a life. Later on, we'll be hearing from Newmarket boss Jay Saunders and Chatham Town manager James Collins. But before that, you know, we like to have a, a, a bit of a chat. Obviously, I've just come back from Spain. Um, pretty much everything. I had a lot. I had a lovely time, and I'm not complaining at all about being in Spain. But pretty much everything that could go wrong, pretty much went wrong. We had our favourite restaurant was shut all week for refurb, so we never got to go there. We normally go there a couple of times a week. We had a planning. We had a planning by you or by them. Well, we weren't expecting it to be shut for a refurb. We didn't know until we turned... Did it need a refurb? No. No, it didn't. But the funny thing was, it, we, we turned up and it said on the door they were shut until the 11th of February uh, for holidays. Because it's obviously... It's it's the quiet time out there. Um, and there obviously were... Um, you know, a lot of places were closed or closing because it's just not very busy. And um, we got there and it said it was shut to the 11th. We're like, well, it's not a problem. We're, we're back. We're here to the 11th. And as we started walking by there every day, they were doing bits and pieces of work. Um, obviously, because of the, the Spanish attitude, they weren't doing any work on uh, over the weekend. And we kind of looked at it on Sunday when we walked past and said, yeah, I don't think it's going to be open tomorrow. So when we walked past it on Monday, so we thought, well, there might be an off chance we'd get there for a bit of lunch before we fly home. Walked past there on Monday, they changed the sign to say it was open on the 12th. So, um, I, I think it's safe, safe to say that they were just taking a bit of a lax attitude towards it. Oh, well, Spain didn't go to the great country it once was by having a good attitude of that. I know they're working. Must have shown. So, where did you have to eat before? Well, there's plenty of other places. Don't get me wrong. We, are, we, we, we know lots of other nice restaurants. But this one in particular is just our favourite. It's, it's right on the seafront. It's got a nice ambiance. Nice food, and we we go there literally. We go there twice every time we go. And, uh, we go there, and we, we just always loved it. We always have a nice time there, and we just didn't get to go. So you know, it was it was it was. I mean, hashtag first world problems. Let's be honest. Yeah. But, you know, and then we had a palaver. We tried to add a bag on, but because we'd already checked in, 
Um, we had to go and phone up and do it. Then they charged us twice as much. Then we had to get some money refunded, but they were brilliant with that easy jet. Then we decided that, the well, we, we needed to add a bag on because we brought so much stuff back. So we went and bought a new suitcase, one of those hard shell ones. Yeah, easy jet weren't having any. What are you bringing back from Spain? Contraband? No, just, you know, bits of wine. Uh, quite a bit of wine. Um, we bought some um, pillow protectors for the B and B, um, and Haley brought some stuff back that was her mum. So I can't, you know, it, it, it was, and we had loads of clothes over there and bits and pieces and things. So, you know, you have to bring stuff over. And obviously, with Brexit, we're never going to be allowed to go again. So um, <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, I've taken off the first of April, mate. Logs get changed in that place. Yeah, exactly. So, but then, the, yeah. So we bought this new bag, a hard shell one. We've never had a hard shell one before. EasyJet thought, well, we're not having any of that malarkey. Got it off the conveyor. It had a dent in it and a massive split up the side. So fortunately, again, walked over to to the luggage place at EasyJet that they've got set up by the conveyors and said, look, how do I report this damage from my suitcase? They went. Oh yeah, that's not very good. And gave us another suitcase. So <laughs> you had the, and then the thing was Monday night. This is about half eleven Monday night. Walking, get back on the bus to take us back to the car park at Gatwick, and uh, get on the bus. It goes, and we're parked at bus stop one. And it's I, I said, Tony, we've never parked at bus stop one before. This is brilliant. It pulls up to bus stop one. It goes serving parking zone Z, and we were in parking zone W. I said, this isn't good. So I went up to the driver. I said. We're bus stop one, but it's own W. Went, oh no, that bus stop's shut now. Went, oh, <laughs> brilliant. So he, he said, Do you need bus stop five, mate? I went, oh, brilliant. So he gets the bus stop five, get off, and he goes, Yeah, you just need to walk over. I said, Well, where's the bus stop we got on that? He went, Oh, it's over behind that building. And obviously, now we've got extra bloody suitcase. So we've got three massive suitcases and another one on wheels. The two of us having to walk five minutes across this ruddy car park. I was, I was glad to be home, honestly. Uh, and, and things back to normal guests coming through the door? Uh, none at the moment. We've got something on Saturday. So, but again, it's much like Spain. It's, it's the quiet time at the minute. So just getting our, ourselves, giving ourselves a couple of days. I'm I'm up at uh, UEFA doing my freelance stuff, watching the Champions League. Um, so I'll be watching a bit of Borussia Dortmund tonight as well. Um, and, yeah, we're just waiting for... Uh, Waiting for the guests to start coming back in on Saturday. So, yeah, all good. All good. Nothing, no, nothing. Apart from going to work, coming home. Exciting here. I've got a new programme. You haven't got Netflix, have you? We've had this conversation before, I know. No, I haven't got Netflix. I've got a free trial of it when I want it, but I haven't got time. Russian Dolls is the new, my new favourite. Only half an hour. What's well, recommend it. What's it called? Russian Dolls. Right. Okay. It's a bit like Groundhog Day for the swearing generation. Excellent. <laughs> it sounds good. So, yeah. So, yeah, very, very enjoyable. Apart from that, we haven't really been watching much. I've continued to... I am in the process of watching, depressing myself, watching the National League highlights from this week, which I haven't done. And bizarrely, it's now paused on the Dover game. And I think I might fast forward it out and not relive that moment from that. But apart from that, uh, apart from no football this weekend, but um, that's about it, really. No, nothing too exciting. It's that sort of depressing time. But somebody said it's going to be nice weather this weekend, so we might actually be able to... Go out and do something as a family. So I don't trust, else is exciting? I don't trust your weather reports, mate. No, no, no. I did say that to the lady at work. Uh, also, I want to say, somebody, that bloke who, um, who, who lectured him myself, himself, my good friend, yep. said to me, Biggles Wade, Gillian Balagay. Gillian Balagay. He's the director of football. So thanks for that little bit of knowledge. When Biggles Wade comes to Canterbury in a couple of weeks, that's, uh, so I, I, did, I totally forgot. I did remember reading that somewhere, but he said it on there. So, Thanks, Mr. Waller, who gets himself electrocuted for that bit of information. So, how good have we did if we got Gillian Balagay on the pod? 
Not his Kevin Pollock, but there you go. Are you sure it's that Beagles way? It's definitely United and not Town, yeah? Mm, I only put Gillen Gay or Gay in no, 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 no. It's the one because I saw an article and he was bigging up the trophy. Yeah. Uh, the, the Vars. No, it's so correct. It is, it is Biggles Wade United. Even on his LinkedIn profile, it says Director of Football, Biggles Wade United Football Club. Yeah, I don't know if they've got a Spanish connection there. Well, Guillaume Balagay is the Director of Football. Yeah, no, no. no. Have they got any, you know, Emilio Butchagrino's son or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> Possibly. You never know. Maybe maybe Emilio Butchagrino's son will be there you as well. Remember the Vulture? What a mid-player he was. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Real Madrid legend, there you go. Yeah, it's our 71st episode this week, and 71 apparently is a film, which which actually sounds quite decent, Matt. It's described as an excitingly jumpy, finely calibrated chase movie about a British soldier caught behind enemy lines. The director, Jan Demange, goes from zero to 100 in the blink of an eye. It's set in Northern Ireland during the trouble, starring Jack O'Connell. That sounds okay, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, well, I'm not really into the war movies, so we're paying it there. But I'm reading a book about, uh, now let's change the subject, about the uh, a footballer who came over to Newcastle as a player and he was living in the 70s in the Irish uh, problems. And it was quite an interesting book. It's quite a good book, actually. So uh, I'm enjoying that at the moment. Uh, yes, apart from that, 71. My sister was born in 1971, so uh, she would never listen to this pod, so they've obviously given away her age, but that's... Uh, <laughs> That's about it. Uh, nothing, 71. No, I, I was going to say, we're getting worryingly close to when, when it's the years we were born, mate. So, you know. Um, yeah, it is, yes. Very, yes. Four, that probably, yeah, four, yeah, four, four episodes in the, the greatest year ever, 1975. So, give them my age away now. They're so there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, so, yeah, we are getting close. Yeah, we are. Will you, will you do yours by the end of the season? Probably not. Yeah, we should do 10 weeks. Yeah, exactly. Episode, episode 82 is constantly crying after David get relegated. Yeah, because I th- I, um, maybe it'll either be, I think we did 43 last season, so yeah, it should be this season. Because uh, if I remember, no, 42 we did last season, because I remember rightly you were 42 on episode 42 and you were 43 by episode 43. Very good, yes. Well, we could still be going to, well, could still be having a night, day out at Wembley as well, I see, in the trophy and the Vars. We certainly could. Anyway, let's actually move on and talk about some football now. Um, we're going to start this week where we pretty much ended last week's show in the Bostic Premier League. Uh, we said that we'd heard whispers of a change in the dugout at Hartstown Park, and so it was confirmed that Steve Brown had left, and joint boss Mike Sanderman was now assistant boss. Assistant boss to Jay Saunders, who has returned to the club that he represented at the top level of non-league football. Matt caught up with Jay Saunders in the week. Yeah, delighted to have uh, new Margate manager Jay Saunders on the phone. Jay, you know, good to be back in the game, I suppose, isn't it? You know, you're watching a lot of games, but nothing like sitting on the dugout on a Saturday afternoon, is there? No, it was, it was good to be back involved. Um, obviously, it's been a, it feels like a longer time than it has been six months, but no, it was nice to be back involved and, um, and sort of being able to, to have an influence and, and play up three points. There's, there's no bonus. You know, you've got a bit of a history with Margate, I think over 300 games for the club. How how did the uh, job come about? Um, basically, I had a, a phone call from Chris Trainers down there, one of the directors, um, just said that I had interest in coming and having a chat after Steve Brown left. And um, it was a, a sort of. I had to take a think about it. It was just, just, a, just a day or so just to think about things, obviously, when you sort of manage it at a certain level, you'd like to try and stay at that level. But. I think being that it was Margate and like you say the, the sort of history I got with the club it was an opportunity I just felt I needed to go and have a chat with them uh, did so and they sort of said well, have, a, have a couple more days just to get your head around and make sure it's something you want and we come to an agreement quite quickly and, and just making sure that obviously me and Mike Sandman could could uh, 
sort of, I know Mike anyway, but just make sure that we're happy with things. And then um, it's just a case of, yeah, getting it finalised, really. So it didn't take too long. Um, and it just felt it felt the right time to come back in and, and at the right club. You mentioned about, is there sort of um, similarities between Maidstone and Margate? You think, Margate, I know they've had a lot of full storms with the ground being built up, but the the recent announcement that they've got the plans and the, and the plans have been handed over to a different provider to sort of deliver those plans. Do you think there's similarities between the club? If you can get Margate and get the ground up and going, the, the world is the future because, you know, you've seen it before when you play in the National League. They get decent crowds if they're doing well. Yeah, they do. They do. And it's funny that... Um Obviously, for a long time, it's gone on. When I was playing on the ground, it was well publicised what happened down there. They now I've got the free out to the lad, uh, and there's, there's an owner who's very keen to, to deliver what what's been spoke about for a long time, and it, it's sort of exciting times for the club. I think um, that that side of it is, is sort of something I'm not really looking too much into. Everything put in front of me was was good and. We spoke about maybe a longer-term thing with myself being there, but the, the main aim was to make sure we stay in the league, and that was our main thing we spoke about. Although the, the, the plans and everything like that was put to me, but like I say, the priority was like let's stay in the league, and then we can sit down at the end of the season and start planning moving forward. Obviously, the fact that I have been involved at the club, that um, has done like you said, has, has rose through the leagues and the, the new ground. It's, it's something that I think both parties liked, and, and hopefully, and, and you never know, it could happen again. And it's not as easy. I think people just think, oh, Cobb and South and stuff, that it's quite easy to do that again. But it's it's one that a priority is a different different proposition, really. Priority is, is, is trying to stay up this year. And then, uh, like I say, the, the rest of it building forward. There's a lot of good plans in place, and I'm sure if we can stay up, then there's a good chance that they can kick on from there. Looking at the squad, I know a number of the players you've worked with before. Are you surprised Margate's league position? Cause, uh, since about early December time and I know their home form has been disappointing are you surprised the position they're in? I am but in all fairness to Mike and Steve Brown they, uh, they've had a lot of injuries which hasn't helped them experienced players uh, I think a lot of the pleasure was taken up by by the sort of injured players and stuff so it's been, it's been tough for, for that side of things to bring people in it's um, there's no doubt about it. if you look at the record the goal scoring with the lowest scores in the league and that's, that's where your problem lies defensively you're in the top five Offensively, yeah, you're in the bottom of the league, so that kind of says it all. So it's an area that we're, we're looking to strengthen. Obviously, I brought Cadell Daniels in uh, on loan from Dover. Um, speaking to one or two of those girls, he's more deals done in the forward areas because we're not scoring from the play. It's as simple as that. If you don't score goals, you don't win games, and that's that's, that's a fact. So we're, we're working on that. Hopefully, if we can add to that, then I'm sure results will follow. Because uh, against Cambridge, you can say that the squad's good enough when you put it down on paper, it's good. But for one reason or another, it's just not firing, and um, that's something I'm looking at and, and trying to improve on. Were you, were you pleased with the performance? You know, one nil down against Tunbridge, and you came back with a late equaliser. You know, you, you, you saw the fire in the bellies of the, of the players, and you think they can now uh, go with what you want to, how they want to work with. I know some of, as I mentioned before, some of the players you worked with before. Yeah, it was, it was a case of taking a little bit of a backseat Saturday. Obviously, I spoke to Mike about the team we wanted played, um, but then it was a case of seeing how the, the run. I, I, the training shows how the injuries have been at training on Thursday. They had eight players training, so it was hard for me. I did meet some of the players. Um, so Saturday was a case of having a look. But I was really impressed. I thought, attitude-wise, we well-deserved a point. We were well-worth the point. Um, the goal they scored was obviously a penalty, so that was disappointing from that point of view. But all in all, I was really, really pleased with performance. If they show that sort of amount of desire and commitment, then um, if we can add that little bit of quality in the final third, then I, I don't see it being a problem and there won't be, won't be long before we're winning games. But 
it's right saying that it's got to be done and I think the lads we trained last night they trained well um, and on Thursday we'll, we'll go again and try and implement some things I'd like moving forward and hopefully they take that on board and we start start picking up them wins yeah you've got Brighton and see you on Saturday at home again home for one I think one since October so it'll be good to get a, a decent result in front of the home fans you expecting new signings before then as well you mentioned a striker there yeah hopefully yeah I'm speaking to one or two strikers um um, so it's something uh, uh, well more more two strikers than one or two but yeah if we can bring in two that's, that's the plan um, it's, it's home form's going to be going to be important for us obviously I think only won one or two home games all season and that's, that's something we've got to turn around it's something we can turn around and, and, and we've got to give the, the crowds and get the crowds back down there and give the crowds something to cheer about and hopefully if we can start Saturday with a, with a positive result get a good win um and hopefully we'll see, we'll see more crowds coming back and in, in turn and that gives the players a boost and a lift and um, we can all move forward but there, there's that little pressure when you haven't been I've been there with Maystone the home tools been well publicised and it was a problem there so it's something we've got to look at and something we'll work to improve so um, it'll be a tough one Saturday to, they're a decent enough side I'll see them earlier in the season so it's not going to be an easy one but at the same time um, I think we've got enough quality in the squad hopefully if, like I say if we can bring I'd like to think we'll have a minimum of one in by the weekend, if not two. Hopefully, that'll make a difference. And from a personal point of view, as I said, great to be back in the dugout. You, you got that buzz, you know, the, the smell of the boys and the smell of the boots, etc. When you came in, you got you got that good feel back to back for yourself. Yeah, it's, it's like it's a, it's a great feeling, even down to speaking to players and everything. I've missed I've missed all that side of it, and I've had the, I looked spells obviously smattered from me, and I enjoyed that. But it's, it's not the same as being in charge, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. And, Enjoying talking to the players and dealing with that side of it as well, and the budgets and everything is it's all part of missed. Um, it's really good to be back in games, and like you say, playing for three points again in that dressing room on a Saturday, there's no better feeling, and it's something that you don't realise how much you miss it, and probably until you come out of it, you take it for granted. So, um, it's been, it was really good on Saturday, and I'm looking forward to the first home game uh, this Saturday coming. Do you know what, Matt? I think that's a really good coup for, for Margate. I know that Jay Saunders obviously has a link to Margate. I know that a lot of Margate fans are excited. But this is a guy who, in the summer, was nearly a football league manager. And now he's in the Bostick League Premier Division with Margate. I don't know what it is about him with clubs that start with MA, but that's another story. But I think that's a really a really standout appointment for the, for the gate. Yeah, I think uh, once Margate were having problems... I think it's probably the right right move for for Jay to go in there to look at it for the next to the end of the season to see how he can get on. You know, I mentioned in the interview there if if and but they can get the ground going over. There's no reason why Margate can't go to the levels when he was a player and back in the at least challenging at the right end of the Conference South. So it's a good challenge for him. He's, he's watched a lot of games. He's now back in the dugout. I think Margate needed that little bit of lift. Um, we, we know about before there's a bit of lift when Steve Watts went in. Didn't really work out with Mike Sandman and Steve Brown. I know they've had a few injury problems. It's been the likes of Tom Winter and Alex Brown, but Chase Saunders will go in there. If he can do half the job he did at, um, at Maidstone, he's going to get them up the league. And I think he's hungry for it after the issues at Maidstone and go from there. Hopefully it can work out for him. Yeah, I think, you know, like, like you say, he took over, people forget, I guess, that he took over Maidstone when they were at a lower level than where Margate are now. And you can't blame Margate fans who have pretty high expectations anyway, of dreaming that that could happen again. It's going to be a slow process. And as he said there, at the moment, he's only there until the end of the season. And his number one aim is keeping them up, isn't it? Because they are in a relegation battle and and the lack of goals is a real concern. Yeah, he said there, he's trying to bring two strikers in. They are in a relegation battle. And I think, you know, it, it looks... 
you know, Jay Saunders inside Kent is, is a good manager. Everybody knows about him. Uh, I'm sure he's, he's had other opportunities to go to other clubs. And maybe if it works out for him, clubs are higher up the pyramid, but maybe looking at him as well. So I think it's a win-win situation for both parties. But I think if it works out right and he gets it, because apparently next season in the summer, there'll be no Margate players left on contract. So they'll all be out of contract. So it's a challenge for him to bring players in if he wants to stay there. So it's, as they say in football terms, a good project for somebody if they can get the off-field problems sorted as well with the ground. If that if that goes ahead, and I sound a bit pessimistic about it, but we've all been there waiting for Margate to build their ground up. Uh, I think it's a really good club that he can move on with and be, be successful. And if he can do his eight, do what he did at Mar- uh, Maystone. That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, when you go into to Hartsdown Park, you know, I've covered a lot of games at Hartsdown Park. We, I think the first time we ever met was at Hartsdown Park, actually. And it's not a great spectator experience, especially when it gets busy. Um, I wasn't there the night when Margate and Maidstone met in the what is what was then the Ryman Premier League. Uh, one of my colleagues was. There was 2,300 people in there. And by all accounts, it wasn't very pleasant because it was cramped. It was, you know, it was the, the it was hard to get food and drink from the from the outlets and everything queues for the toilets and that's that's part of the problem and you know Bob Laslett never ever did that at the stadium and these new owners must know that they've got to take their time and build this build the stadium up get the stadium ready and then push on Manchester United are the perfect example of that yeah you say the ground is not built for the 21st century is it? it's very difficult flat behind one one end um, it, it's got a bit of character, but it, it, it needs improving. And one of the things, Bob Laslett, you know, we've seen other people go in, do grounds up, then not being successful off the pitch. Maybe he should have um, inputted into the infrastructure of the club because it needs to be doing. You can't be getting changed in porter cabins in this day and age at the level of football Margate are playing. So that's it, it, it's, it's it's a challenge. But you know, Jason has worked a lot worse. When he was when Maystone were a ground sharing at Ashford and City Ball, etc., like that. So, yeah, I just hope it is that there's not a full storm for the Margate supporters, etc., that the, the grounds are going to be done. I know work will start in, in uh, the summer, whatever it will do, or pre- preliminary work. I just hope if we look back on Valentine's Day 2020, when we're on episode 100 and whatever it is, we think it, Margate's ground has got work on it, because that would be really disappointing if it hasn't. Yeah, that that is the key, and, and you know it is one of those things. I think, I mean, you can look at your, at your Darlingtons and and maybe to a certain extent your Coventry, and having a shiny big stadium doesn't necessarily bring success. But at that level of football, they've got the three G pitch in they've, they already, and they can build around that. And if they can just make that spectator experience that little bit better, and also you know be able to advertise themselves a little bit better and, and make it known that there is a football club there and. And you know, welcome people along for, from across the community because where they are, Margate as well, and the same for Ramsgate. You know, they are out on a limb, and you know, even with the high speed train, which no doubt you'll be catching later on, it's still an hour plus to London. You know, if Margate are successful, people will come and watch them. If it's if they're if they're playing well and it's a nice experience, people will go and watch them. We we, we saw that a couple of years ago. The, the experience, I think, put a couple of people off, but the, the, there is the potential there, and hopefully this is the start for Margot. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Of course, we're living in the area. We always want to see the teams do quite well. There's a big population here, um, and there is a lot of Margate fans around. Everybody knows about the club, but the sort of critical of the club, etc., like that. But if they can be successful, hopefully Jay can bring that back. Um, style of football, you know, they can move on. So last week could be a, a, a good stepping stone for, for Margate football going forward. 
Exactly. Um, yeah, as we've already mentioned there, the 1-1 draw with Tunbridge Angels. Angels in action again on Wednesday night as they travel to Wingate and Finchley. And they've been boosted after some fans put their hands in their pockets to help them sign forward Tom Derry to further aid their promotion push. Now, Derry started his career at, at Gillingham, never made the breakthrough there, but he's, he's been around that sort of level and, and the league above. And I think that's a good signing to, to just give them a bit of firepower. So no reason, he was voted the most handsome footballer, Tom Derry. I don't know. what. I'm what sure he's I, I, exactly. I'm, I, I'm sure if you Google it in front of you, Tom Derry. I'm sure I read somewhere that he was nice. Yeah, I was like, no, he's he's a hit with the ladies, so to speak. Not Mike Thalassitis hit with the ladies, but um, yeah, but apparently he was. Yes, yeah, I was okay. Uh, he was now. According to an article that I'm reading in the Sun, the Times, the Leatherhead. Step aside, David Beckham. You're not Britain's sexiest footballer. That is Tom Derry, who, wait for it, plays for Leatherhead in the Isthmian League Premier Division. The handsome Olivier Giroud lookalike is one of the most swiped right Tinder users. How the hell did you read this article? I, I, I must have been on somewhere, non-league footballer, he must have come up by Googling, that's what my life involves, Googling non-league football, and it came up. That is knowledge, though, you see. Most right, even for the ladies or even the men. Want to go and watch Sandwich Angel? So you have got an Oliver Giroud lookalike coming to coming to uh, to Longmead, and hopefully he can fire them to glory. So I know he's, I know he's at the Jewels. We've got a couple of games for the Jewels, but uh, went off radar. And hopefully, you know, he can be the final piece of their jigsaw. Hmm. Exactly. Yeah, no, you didn't expect that. He's saying the most handsome footballer in the world today's episode, did you? See, we're full of knowledge. I know. The non-league podcast. We certainly are, and, and most of it is absolutely useless. Uh, yeah, but, uh, but again, if next time you see him, if he scores action on the weekend, the first thing you'll think about is, well, apparently he's the sexiest footballer as well. Yeah, OK, if, if that's what you're thinking. Um, elsewhere in that division, folks in Victor were 4-2 winners at Harlow on Saturday, with Adi Youssef getting two of the goals. And Victor were fourth, but they're only two points ahead of Angels, who are ninth. Ridiculously congested table. Uh, as we've already heard, Margate hosts Brighton City Regent on Saturday, uh, while in Victor are at home to Wingate and Finchley. And Tunbridge make the trip down to face Burgess Hill. Into the Bostick South East Division, and with Ashford not in action, Cray Wanderers extended their lead at the top to 16 points as three first half goals saw off Guernsey. The nuts and bolts stayed second, though, as Hastings continued to stutter, held to a 1 1 draw at Whitstable in a bad tempered clash, which ended 10 aside and with an apparent altercation described by Hastings as a very unsavoury incident that allegedly took place between an opponent and a supporter. Um, they're calling for an investigation into that, but um, it seems. It, a little bit of sort of hearsay and, and you know Whitstable fans that they're passionate but I don't think they're that unsavoury passionate are they? I think it was reading before the, uh, or hearing before that I had a bit of a rumble with Favisham the week before so a um, bit of bad blood in their South East uh, Devon Bostick South East Division but I'm oh, interested to see I normally want to get seen um, social media clips of all this but it all, all seems uh, a little bit Whitstable we're struggling a little bit aren't they but um, yeah, one for a while but yeah interesting times ahead Again, surely, Cray, 16 points clear. You know, you expect them to win this division now, surely. You would think so, wouldn't you? And I did actually have the uh, the Favisham Hive uh, thing written down next on my next on my list of things to discuss, Matt. Because I was away in Spain, didn't hear anything about it. But apparently, it was a forty man dust up um, that, at, the, at the end of that game between Favisham and Hive. Um, that really doesn't sound very clever, but it did seem to spur both sides on on Saturday as Hyde moved to within a win of the playoff spots with a 5-1 win over Phoenix, while Faversham, who were finally finding their feet under their new managers, beat Greenwich Bar a 4-1. So um, it seems they've both taken it and, and built on it. But, you know, I was at that Sittingbourne Cray mass brawl last season and, and it's, it's never nice to see anything like that, is it? No, it's not. It's not. Um, 
No, passions run high on, on both sides uh, from that point of view. So, um, again, I'm sure the league will get involved in that. But um, I see the, the comments that both sides have dusted themselves down and are moving forward from it. But uh, interesting times ahead uh, uh, in the league with you know plenty of passions there. And as you would expect from sides in the, a local derby games, playing a lot, a lot of players probably played in the same team or against each other before. So um, when you get a division that's so quite you know, localised, you, you know, these things happen. But um, I think we had this conversation off the air the other week about the most red cards we've ever seen in a game, didn't we? And I said I'd saw, I saw four get sent off in a, in a Gillingham against Bristol Rovers game back in oh, about 98, including in the, the two from each side. Um, I think it was Adrian Pennock and Barry Ashby, wasn't it, for Gillingham? Yeah, I think I've, I've seen Dover to play somebody that opposition had three sent off, including one bloke came on as a sub went in the wall, went out quickly from the wall and was sent off straight away without even touching the ball. That was one of them. That was under the John Ryan era. That's the glory days of Dover. So, um, from that, I, I remember that watching that because I was in the stands. I'd broken my leg and I was watching that one. That's a few years ago now. It's 95 maybe. So, yeah, but I haven't seen... Because Dover had... Yeah, so, yeah. Because I saw Dover had two off recently, didn't they? But I've never seen three off on one side. I think one game on that. But, yeah, there's a little bit of excitement in there, so... Yeah, exactly. Elsewhere in the uh, Bostick League South East Division, it was defeats all round. Ramsgate lost 1-0 at East Grinstead, Herne Bay went down at Haywards Heath and Sevenoaks lost 3-1 at home to Whiteleaf and VCD also lost 3-1 at home against Horsham. Uh, this I see Ramsgate have got a new badge for next season. Have you seen that? I have seen their new badge, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's always interesting. They, they, they really are pushing things, actually. It's, it's noticeable under Paul Bowden-Brown. They're doing a, a, a lot more sort of on the media side of things and, and they've got the new badge. They've also signed Kane Rowland permanently as well. Um, things moved in the right direction for Ramsgate. They've got Nick Davis in. Um, I, I don't know if it's too late for a playoff off push this season, but I can see them next year being a, a team to watch at this level. Yeah, we thought that might happen this season, didn't we? When um, uh, under Lloyd Blackman, when they had a good season last year, built blood in a lot of youngsters. Yeah, Nick Davis is going in. Form has been a little inconsistent, but they've been taken over off the field, and we'll see, to see how they go from there, really. But uh, yeah, Nick Davis is a good manager at this level, and if he can attract the right players. Kane Rowland, who's must have been around the houses now, a lot of clubs, he'll definitely score goals at this level. He certainly will. This weekend, Hyde go to Greenwich, Faversham are at Hastings, it's Herne Bay against Ashford, Phoenix host Hayward Heath, Ramsgate meet Cray Wanderers, Sittingbourne take on East Grinstead and BCD go to Whiteleaf. On Sunday, Seven Oaks are at Guernsey and then on Tuesday night, uh, Faversham are back in Sussex as they face Hayward Heath. Into the Southern Counties East League now and our second interview of the week. It was the Kent Senior Trophy semi-finals at the weekend. While Beckenham's clash with St. Peter was called off, Chatham Town booked their spot in a cup final for the first time in 20 years. I got with manager James Collins to discuss that and the tight old race for promotion from the scaffold. Yeah, no, it's um, something that I was desperate to do. It was something that I was desperate to do for the club and the, and the chairman. The chairman's backed me since I've, since I've come in. Um, and like I said, I sort of spoke to you briefly last season, and it's all very much been a work in progress. I think we've I think we've won 18 out of our last 21 and dropped down a place in the league. So we've been on a fantastic run. And I said to the players, it was a chance to kind of sort of get something for all your efforts and rewards. Obviously, we haven't won it, but to get the club into a cup final and and sort of people make a little bit of noise about Chatham, I think is a, is a real positive thing for the club. The Kent Senior Trophy is a. I think the Kent Senior Cup is, is a little bit much maligned because, you know, a lot of teams play reserve teams. But the Kent Senior Trophy really means something to teams at your level, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think, like, we, we spoke, you know, when I first came into the club about the club not, you know, being in the Ryman League and, and, and sort of finished in the in the lower regions of that and not, not really won anything or, or been in 
not as much big games, but you know, had the fans and not really had a lot to cheer about. So this this was really for the we wanted to give something back to the club and 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 certainly the chairman and, and the cup finals are for players anyway. And the players have worked so hard, they deserve deserve to be in a cup final. But it was more for the club, and I've always treated cup competitions with respect. I think they're they're good days, and I think if we if we were to get promoted and stuff, you know, you like you said that the league the, the cups sort of a little bit higher, you become the lowest ranks. So that becomes really hard to, to go and win a cup. So um, it was, we we saw it as a good opportunity, and thankfully we've we've managed to get to the final. Obviously, you don't know who you'll be playing yet, but it's either Beckham or St. Peter, and they've done great, the team from Jersey, haven't they? Yeah, really well. I mean, don't know too much about them. Well, don't really know much about them at all, and um, obviously know a little bit about Beckham. Um, I speak to Jason at Beckham, I get on quite well with him, so uh, for him, it'd be nice to get into a final, but we're just happy to be there, and whoever we get, I think it'll be a, it'll be a good game, and you're never going to get an easy cup final, so we're there, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, and it's a great day for, for, for your players and, and for your fans. I was at the final last year, it was Whitsville against Sheppey and you could see how much it meant to everyone to be in the final and it'll be the same for the Chatham fans. Yeah, no, without a doubt, they were all really happy. I mean, some of them were saying thank you at the end of the game, which is which is lovely, but um, hopefully it's just the beginning for us. I mean, we, we really got, you know, high hopes for the club and we, we'd like to kick on and like you said, it'd be a great day for them, something that they've not experienced for a little while. Great day, just great great day for me, great day for, for the players. It's, uh, we've got to put it to the back of our minds for a little while, but certainly a good achievement for us all. I'm looking at the league table. It's, uh, you, you said you've, you've been in great form. You've gone down the place, but you've got those games in hand. Do you, do you still fancy your chances of getting up there at the end? Yeah, well, I, I mean, we're just—it's such a cliche, and I know it's boring to hear, but we are taking one game at a time because otherwise, you, you end up getting carried away with yourself and you drive yourself crazy. But look, we we felt that we'd be competitive in the league this year. We we wanted to give it a go. I mean. I've been at other clubs when I was at Lordswood and, and Crimpion and, and, and didn't, you know, wasn't a fancy side there. I always said I wanted to win it. I think you, you go and try and do the best you can, but we're in the chances. There's five other teams in, in there and it's a, it's probably the most open sort of scaffold league I've ever been involved in. And um, I think, the top, I, I think I might understand, I think Crimpion are 10 games unbeaten, Cray are nine, we're nine and, and Fisher are eight or nine as well. So it's crazy that we've all put these runs together and, um, this definitely makes for an exciting into season. And I guess with plenty of experienced names on your team sheet, you'll be hoping that the pressure won't get to your team in this run-in. Well, I think we've had to deal with pressure all through the season. I think we're, we were one of the fancied sides. People expect us to do well. Um, like you said, we've got some very good players and um, and that comes with pressure. But we, we didn't have the great... We, we sort of had a bit of an indifference start. We were very good and then we dropped points. So we've kind of been playing catch-up for a lot of times. So we've... we've We've been under pressure for most of the season, so hopefully that will stand us in good stead. And and like I said, we we'll just take one game at a time and, and see how we go. Obviously, you hit nine the other week as well. That must have been a good day for you. Yeah, the, we played very well that day. I mean, I would I would never want to disrespect another team, but I think it, it, it could have possibly been more. Um, we, we did play particularly well that day, but we are we are capable of that. We were capable of that at the beginning of the season. We were scoring a lot, and but we were conceding a lot as well. And um, and when we weren't scoring, you know, we, we weren't blowing teams away. We were, we were struggling to win. And probably the most pleasing thing is the clean sheets that we've been keeping. And we've kept three clean sheets in a row now. Um, so it shows that we we can do the other side of the game as well, which uh, was something that we were looking to improve on from the beginning of the season. And you say at the start of the season there were troubles, you know, necessarily winning some games. And I was at the, the game against Punjab, who you play on Saturday, and, and you should have won that night. So I, I suppose you kind of look at that and, and that's a kind of, you can show how far you've come on Saturday when you take on Punjab again. 
Yeah, certainly it'd be interesting to see to see sort of where we've come. I think they're probably a different side as well. I, I, I went and watched them last Tuesday, and I'll go and watch them again tonight. Um, I know they've got some some uh, some new players, and they've got a good strike force. Um, and they've taken, I think they they drew four of Cray Valley, and they um, they drew with Beckenham, and they they lost two one against Corinthian, but I think it was two late goals. So. The same with Hollands and Blair. I mean, I, I thought Hollands and Blair were a good sub. Played there four times this year and had really close games. And they're, they're obviously near the bottom end of the league, and, and so uh, um, so are Punjab. But it's going to be a tough game. And like I said again, boring, I know, but we just got to take one game at a time. We've got Canterbury tomorrow night, and, and that's the most important one for us at the moment because it's the next one. I suppose a frustrating thing for for everyone in this in this title run is that last year there were two promotion places. This year it looks like there's only going to be just the one, and and you know it, it is difficult, isn't it? Because there's going to be some disappointed teams at the end of the season. I guess your job now is to make sure that Chatham aren't one who's disappointed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously Cray Cray are in there with us, but you, you've got Fisher and Corinthian, and if it is one up, I, I guess it would be a shame for them because what they've done this season. Is- is, is unbelievable really I mean it's I don't think it's been done before you know with no money and a, a very 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 small budget um, so I, I would imagine they're two of the same and, but you know the rules when you start the season and, and I think that's why it's uh, it's kind of really hard to get out of this league I, I, I think and I've I think the top six would, would hold their own in, in the league above. I mean, you know, I, I I know a little bit about it and I've seen a little bit about it. I've seen a couple of games and I think they would, but obviously there's one place to go up and you've got to deal with it. And, you you know, that's why whoever does it, it will be a fantastic achievement. I just want to, I remember speaking to you last year and you said, you know, it's a long-term project project at Chatham. And I guess even though you're, you're looking at, at where you are at the moment, it's still the same thing, is that you're still trying to build the club and, and eventually get the club back to where it belongs? Yes, certainly. Uh, it is a long-term project. I mean, it's a long-term project for the chairman. Um, and and I, I've got no doubt that he would deliver success to the club. Um, and obviously, I'd like to be part of that journey for as long as I possibly can. I look at where where we were when I took over to where we are now. We've, we've made big, big strides. Um, and yeah, we're just, you know, we're in a cup final, but we don't want that to... I don't want that to be my what I was remembered for. I'd like to do a lot more at the club, and and we just want to, you know, be as successful as we possibly can in all competitions. But um, obviously, if we were to to get out of this league, that that is that is the aim. James Collins, there is. He's, he said last year was a work in progress. It still is a work in progress, but they're certainly moving in the right direction at Chatham. Yeah, I think they're. In a thing. They, you know, with the games in hand, they could go on and win the division. Can they do the double this season? I think it is good to see that the, as you said, their players love to play in cup finals. Getting to, I think Chatham are always sort of aside. For me, always in the Devon Bostick South Division, always sort of challenging. They went to North and South, and they're playing at a level where they uh, below where they should be, and they get good support base. There's decent ground at Maidstone Road, so yeah, I think they're going in the right direction. They're about to go down to go forward but under James they seem to be going in the right direction and that was a, a, an excellent result for them and fingers crossed that you know particularly if they play the Guernsey side I hope the Guernsey side didn't travel for this um, game that was called off but uh, we can uh, they can win the, win, the, win the tournament yeah I think it was called off on Friday the Beckenham against St Peter game but uh, you mentioned obviously doing the double there Whitswell Town last year got promoted and 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 won the um, 
won the Kent Senior Trophy. And as I said to James there, the, the, the Kent Senior Trophy really means something. You know, Chatham's first cup final in 20 years, people going up to him after the game and saying, well done, congratulations, thank you so much for getting us to a cup final. It really means something. We saw that last year with Sheppey and Whitstable as well. You know, it, the, the Kent Senior Trophy is not the, the primary competition for the, for the Kent FA because you've got the Senior Cup. But I think to the clubs and, and players involved in it, it means so much. Well, I think you said you had a great day out when you went to the final last year. Um, there's a lot of support there, and I'm sure Chatham will bring a, a, a great deal of support down for that. Yeah, it's, it's good. And all players want to do is win a bit of silverware, and the Kent Senior Trophy on your CV looks well uh, from that point of view. So, yeah, I'm delighted for it. And it is a competition, so the Kent Senior Cup does get a little bit of stick. And we said this before, rightfully so, but the Kent Senior Trophy is for teams who want to win the competition, who want to go firm, and win a bit of silverware. And, uh, Fingers crossed for Chatham, and it'll be a good day out for those long-suffering supporters over the last few years. Yeah, April the fourteenth. I understand that final is so. Is it the main phone? Is it? I uh, believe so, yeah, but you know, so I'm, I might have that one penciled in um, as, as, as one to go and visit because I haven't done enough games this season. Um, but I mean, the scaffold title race is where you talked about it there, but everyone at the top just keeps on winning. It, it's, it's phenomenal. As, as you said there, Fisher, Corinthian, themselves, and Cray are all on long unbeaten runs, and something's got to give, hasn't it? Yeah, how many games do you play? How many teams are there? 20 teams, or 38 games. Yeah, Chatham, 16 games to go. So, a lot of things. Yeah, Fisher banging on, scoring the goals. Corinthian, Cray Valley, who got, you know, beat Russell 1-0. Russell haven't been in the greatest season. We expected more goals than that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting times. Do the likes of Cray think about the, the Vars more than the league? But the position that these sides are in, you've got a good, good opportunity to do it. Again, if everybody wins their game in hand, Chatham will go top of the division. So, again, exciting times. And I think last year it was a two-horse race for the majority of the season, wasn't it? But now you're thinking it's, may, it's a four-horse or a five-horse race now. Exactly, and you just wonder if, because obviously, well, I suppose last year, yeah, it was a two-horse race, but we also had Crowbar on the, on the outside, and, and then they, at the start of the season, they've completely fallen away. So if you're one of those teams who doesn't make it, obviously Beckham were up there last year as well, it's going to be tough to come back again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, unless, you know, I don't think Leeds changes, only definitely one going up. So yeah, it's going to be tough, but um, it's a competitive league, and it, it, the side that comes out on top will deserve to do it. But there'll be other sides who are now, we've spoken to, you put Jab United, there'll be, you know, sides don't give a quarter in this division, so they'll be battling hard whatever position they are in the league. Corinthian hit six in their win over Croydon, while Fisher beat Punjab United 4-1. You've already mentioned Cray Valley 1-0 winners over Rostall. Uh, elsewhere, Sheppey went down 2-0 at AFC Croydon. Deal won 1-0 at Irith. Uh, Beersted beat Tunbridge Wells 2-1 at the Colverden. And Canterbury City were 3-0 winners at Glee, but that came at a cost as uh, skipper Lawrence Harvey was ruled out for the rest of the season after suffering a triple cheekbone fracture and eye socket damage. Ouch. Oh dear. Um, oh yes, yeah, wish him well. Yeah, indeed. And City fans also are planning to stand for election in May at the local council as they are to force uh, Canterbury City Council to help them find a home in the city again uh, following last week's planning application defeat, which we discussed at length um, a lot on last week's podcast. On Tuesday night, Lords would beat Honsenberg 3-1 or Town 1-2-1 at Punjab. Uh, on Saturday in the scaffold, it's Beerson against Lordswood, Beckenham against Glee, Canterbury against Tunbridge Wells, Chatham against Punjab, as we've already heard. Crowborough against Irith Town. Croydon against Sheffield United. Deal Town against Corinthian. Fisher against Cray Valley. Hollands and Blair against K-Sports. And Russell against AFC Croydon. And they are strictly London clubs. But that Fisher-Cray Valley, that's the, that's the game of the weekend, that one, isn't it? Yeah, it'll be interesting to say where to, where to Cray. The, the, trophy, the Vals will be the following week, wouldn't it? So where do their priorities lie? It'll be interesting to see if some of the bigger boys are arrested in that game. 
Yeah, and a couple of games on Tuesday night as well. They're AFC Croydon against Chatham and Tunbridge Wells against Sheffield United. And in Division 1 on Saturday, it was Greenways 2, Kennington 2, Lidtown 1, Forest Hill Park 0, Phoenix Reserves 0, Southern Town 2, and Sutton Athletic 2, Stansfeld 2. Uh, the game between Holmesdale and Rochester and Kent Football United and FC Thamesmead were called off due to bad weather. On Tuesday night, it was Meridian VP 1, Lewis and Borough 1 in that division. And this weekend, full programme of fixtures in the Scaffold Division 1. We have got FC Elmstead against Phoenix Sports Reserves, Kennington against Forest Hill Park, Kempfort United against Greenways, Lewisham Borough against Wellingtown, Lidtown against Sutton Athletic, Rochester United against Irith and Belvedere, SC Thamesmead against Bryden Rope, and Snodden Town against Holmesdale. Um, so, still plenty to play for in those divisions. International League South. Dartford continued their good form with a 3 0 win over Bath City on Saturday. That initially took them over above Welling, who were beating a Dulwich on Saturday, but the Wings went back above their neighbours with a 1 0 win at Oxford City on Tuesday night. Uh, this weekend, the Wings have a tough one at home to leaders Torquay United, while Dartford travel to face 12th place Slough. That just leaves with the National League, and we'll start actually with the FA Trophy, uh, where Maidstone United had done really well to get a, a draw up at Salford. They did even better on Tuesday night as they beat uh, the big spending. Uh, once Paul Scholes directed uh, Salford City 3-0 in the replay at the Gallagher Stadium. Salford are out of touch, but that's a result that is going to give so much confidence and belief to Mason in their battle against the drop. Yeah, it was a Salford reserve team winning in front of your home supporters. They'll be looking to, to go from that. Stockport away will be a different game, difficult game. Stockport are a decent side at, uh, at that level. But yeah, giving them confidence. It's unbeaten in three, unbeaten in four, Maidstone. Uh, the good result of the weekend, so they'll look to go from from that point. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a it's been a good week for Maidstone since John Steele comes in. It's a little bit more uh, going in the right direction. Have they got enough points? I don't know, but we'll have to see. And obviously, well, yeah, they, they drew with Fylde on Saturday, and um, looking at the bottom of that table, I, I see the name Maidstone United still down there, and all of a sudden, there's Dover Athletic back in the bottom format. That's, that's happened out of nowhere, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, we've had opportunities on Saturday when we were two one up with five to go, and we didn't see out the game. Um, uh, yes, it was a little bit concerning. If, it, if the game, the last two games, had ended at eighty minutes, Dover would have six more points on the board and be looking in a very good direction. But now, and unfortunately, not so now. Um, yeah, it's a little bit concerning. I, I have said to you the last couple of weeks we haven't been performing particularly well, John, and, and I was concerned and. Uh, I went out of the ground on um, Saturday after Saturday evening thinking even more concerned. But um, it's in our own hands. We've got to win our home game, so it's easier said than done. But we've got to, you know, the tough game this weekend, but the next two after that, you've got to be hoping that um, we've got to pick up points against Maidenhead and Braintree. So uh, interesting times ahead, but it's just a little bit frustrating. Conceding late goals is, is, is never good. Um... A third of our goals have been conceded in the last 15 minutes of matches. So, um... And, and you, you might question that, obviously, Dover were part-time. And, and so this time last year, it would be almost understandable if, if full-time teams were had a little bit more strength. But this time, now Dover are full-time as well. What's the excuse? And, and are the players switching off or, or are they weary or, or, or what is it? Uh, I honestly don't know. You know, I, th- I thought 2-1 up, again, to be fair to Andy Heston Tyler, he has changed the... You know, he went for it. He took both full-backs off so, and brought on attacking players. But the players, the, the goals conceded, particularly the second and the third. The second one, nobody was tracking around. The third one, Hessenthaler blamed um, 
Super Mitch Walker for it, um, seen the highlights for it, and maybe he shouldn't be beaten from there. So, yeah, you know, the frustrating thing is we've got experienced players. You know, Chris Kinnear would never say, oh, we haven't got any experienced players. But you've got the likes of Brundle, who's probably played 150, 200 games in this, Stuart Lewis, uh, Scott Doe, Kevin Locko, players who played at this level. But maybe we just got a little bit too excited in the um, from that point of view because two one up. But we've, you know, it's just a little bit frustrating. So you're going to Salford on Saturday, and it's a. I know Braintree beat them last week, but you're thinking, you know, anything out of that is a bonus. It's the other games that are coming up. We're going to sort us out, but it'll be interesting to see. Will he make changes, Andy Essentala? I think he probably has to, um, particularly in the forward positions. Effiong seems to have gone completely off the boil. Um, Jamie Allen probably had one of his best games for a long time, and probably his best for the club on Saturday. So he was working well, but it's just a little bit frustrating. But we'll just see what we have to do here. But yeah, concerning all around. Yeah, looking at the league table, you've got Braintree bottom with 25 from 32. Mason have got 26 from 32. Aldershot have got 28 from 32. Then Dover, 33 from 33. So there is a bit of a gap. Um, Chesterfield... Oh, oh, to be fair, when I woke up this morning, knowing that Aldershot had lost, I was a little bit happier. Because you're looking from a Dover point of view, not from a Kent point of view, you think Dover have just got to get one more... Um, you say the bottom three are in trouble, aren't they? Yeah. Dover are in there. So you're thinking maybe only one. We've got to leap over one club to get out of it. So in some ways, but again, if, you know, Aldershot win at the weekend, Maystone win at the weekend and Dover lose, then you're, you're panicking again. But, you know, it was a little bit... It's, it's a funny old situation because if you'd held on on Saturday, right, you'd have 36 points, you'd be 16th. And you'd be looking at it thinking, oh, everything's rosy, but you'd still only be three points clear of the drop zone. Yeah. So... Everyone, but, but the performance is again the performance on Saturday was excellent. Um, I thought, uh, Saturday's particularly second half 20 from about 60 minutes till 85 minutes. Dover played well, created chances, couldn't get the ball, and, and looked a dominant side. So, that, that was the best performance I've had in a while. The only but that was my that's for the best performance for a while as well. And I was concerned about the performance. I just hope this doesn't knock the confidence too much because, you know, Salford score in the first 10 minutes of the game on Saturday. It could be a long afternoon. So, yeah, it's just a little bit concerning. But, yeah, I, I am concerned. Yeah, as I said before, I am definitely concerned. Yeah, elsewhere on Saturday, it was Barrow 1, Bromley 1, um, Ebbsfleet United nil, Solihull Moors 1. And, and Solihull Moors, what a story, Matt. Uh, top of the league now as well after last night's uh, win at Aldershot. Yeah, interesting. Everybody says that they're very much a bit like Dover. Um, I'm just watching the Barrow. Oh, that's a good ball from Cork. Oh, mate, Coulson. And a terrible goal to concede by Barrow. Sorry, sorry changing the subject there. Um, yeah, yeah. everybody, they, they, they say, oh, they're a big, organised, physical side who uh, bully sides. And I said to some assembly, well, that's what Dover did for three years. So, you know, in this division, if you are organised, physical, and you've got a threat, you can cause problems. And that's what Solihull Moors are doing. And it will be an absolute achievement. I know people say, oh, it's a small budget. Apparently their budget is decent from that. They've got a bit of investment coming through to the club. But they've worked it wisely. And Tim Flowers, normally you don't get goalkeepers making good managers, but um, he's done a fantastic job from that point of view. And I'm sure bigger clubs may be looking, around, looking at him. But uh, yeah, good opportunity for Solihull. And I have to say, I, I don't... I don't care if Salford go up. I, I don't really want Orient to go up. It's Dover can stay up because it's a good local game. So uh, I think it would be a fantastic achievement if Solio can, stay, can do it, yeah. 
Yeah, El, uh, this weekend it's uh, El Plastico, Bromley against Maidstone United. Uh, Ebbsfleet go to Harrogate and, as we've already heard, Dover go up to Salford. Um, one other thing I was going to say before um, we, we sign off is, we, you know, we like to keep an eye on what's going on elsewhere. Have you seen a Basingstoke score on Saturday? I didn't buy the non-league paper. Did they win 10-0? 10 3 they won. 10 3. Who's that against? Is that the same league as Hayes and Yedin? No, they're in the uh, Southern League. I, I, do you know off the top of my head, I can't remember who they beat. Staines, I want to say. Oh, Staines? Oh, interesting. 10 3. You don't often see. I mean, you know, you'll see the. Somebody team... must have bagged a hat trick there. I'll do the press to buy the non league paper when we lose. Yeah, I well. Against, I didn't buy... Maybe you should. Um, maybe you should. Reconsider yourself and. and... <laughs> I suppose it was a non league podcast. Well, exactly. You know, we, did, we, we did ask, we did say in there, as the non league, if you read the non league paper, they do um, advertise there are other non league podcasts out there. Not as good as ours, though, John, are they? No, of course not. Ours is simply the best. Um, it was indeed against Staines, a 10 3 victory for um, Beijing Stoke on Saturday. I'm just going to call up who scored the goals. Um, yeah, going back on about the non-league paper. Yeah. Yes, we asked. We said to him, or oh, if I wrote, I wrote an article saying, "Can you put this in the non-league paper to get us uh, some advertising? You know, just to get an extra ten for ten listeners, which would be handy." And they said no because uh, uh, they're not involved in the program. And I did email and say, "Would you like to come on the show?" And they never replied back. Brilliant. So there you go. So um, well, you tried. The, the, yeah, exactly. The, the non-league spirit came through there. So. Um, Apparently, they've got a partnership with another podcast, which, if you listen to, is not as good as us. There you go. Um, Staines actually led that game. They were 2-1 up um, on 28 minutes in that game. Uh, I don't... Did the goal get set off? No, they scored. They just scored seven times uh, in the second half. Um, is Terry Brown the manager there still? I don't think he is. He is involved, isn't he? But Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's the manager or not. We're, this is really terrible researching, isn't it? But... Um, ten fair play, 10-3 is incredible. That is, I mean, that is an, a, an astonishing result. I mean, you, when you see a team hit 10, you would think that they normally win 10-0. You don't often hit 10 and have been behind in the game, do you? No, no, the 13 goals in the game, that is good going. Yeah, so, well, yeah, Basin Stoker. Staines used to be a big club, didn't they? Challenging for Dover one year for the title in certain games, so... Um, all gone wrong there. How do you walk off the pitch losing 10 3 if you're somebody professional footballer? Not very well, I suppose. Yeah, disappointing. Mm. But uh, there you go. Well, we could do with a 10 goal classic, couldn't we? I'm surprised yeah. the scaffold hasn't it this if year. The, if you're a team in. We had nine from Chatham, obviously. We talked about that yep. with James Collins. But if you are a, a, a footballer who listens to this podcast, try and score 10 for us over the weekend. <laughs> that would be really nice. I'll, I'll tell you what, if you are a footballer in a Kent team uh, in Scaffold Division 1 or above and you score 10, you'll be on this podcast next week. Now, that, that is a, a hard and fast guarantee, yeah? Yeah, well, if we can find them, we will get them on the pod. So, uh, yeah, even, even above eight, we'll get them on, John, really. Yeah, Maybe okay. we're going a bit harsh on the old ten. Right. That is good going. Okay. I've, got the, I've got the National League tables just flashed off the screen from, the, from that point of view. Don't no, I'm not looking at it. It's Don't to... <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is, you know what, this is, as I'll go after the football in a minute, I'll go to the, you know... No disrespect for Harrogate against David, which was a decent game. Dortmund against Spurs should be a decent game. And I'll come out of the stadium and thinking, I should watch more uh, high league football. But I won't do because I'm non league till I die. So, uh, all the way forward. So. But I'll enjoy, I'll enjoy my uh, rich frame of uh, football this evening. But um, I'll be looking forward to seeing my next game. When I go to Maidenhead, 
not many people can say they've gone to Wembley Stadium and then to Maidenhead, can they? No, they really can't. Uh, that is quite the story. Anyway, that is it for this week's uh, Kent Only podcast. Um, Matt's got the weekend off this weekend. I am possibly going to go to a game on Tuesday night. Uh, possibly a scaffold game, depending on uh, on how things go. Um, but we shall see that during the week. Follow us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. If I do go to a game, I'll put some pictures up. It'll be very exciting. Um, and we're also on Facebook at Kent Non League. Uh, and if you have got any stories, then please get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Get your club on. Tell us what's going on at your club. It'd be absolutely fantastic. Um, all that remains, though, is to say thanks to Jay Saunders, thanks to James Collins, and thanks to Matt for giving up his, his a little bit of his afternoon off to, to speak to us. I hope you have a nice time at Wembley this evening. Thanks, mate. Um, um, we shall speak to you all next week. I hope I'll get a prawn sandwich tonight.